This week, we're diving into mentor relationships. What makes a good mentor? And most importantly, what makes a good mentee? And it's not just asking, can I pick your brain? Guiding others is a great way to invest in the design community. Let's go. Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? The number of people I know getting vaccinated. Hey. Oh, it's so exciting. Oh, there's going to be some dinner parties in our future, in our house, instead of outside. But of course, it's just in time for it to be outside time, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, well, but then there's that easy transition of like a few people, like it pairs down from eight people to like four people and you just, you move inside for a little Mm. evening wind down cocktail. Yeah, we retire. Your best retire to this to the smoking room with our snifters yeah it's usually your like closest couple friend or the people who you know you can like chill out with until like 11 or so yeah you like they know that they're not the ones that have to leave when everyone else does yeah 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 it's like just hang on we'll talk about that when everyone's gone like i know like i took your advice and started watching poldark so now i'm like into episode or season two and they totally do that like the after dinner they go into the room and then like let's talk shit yeah (laughs) or business (laughs) or whatever let's get real because yeah you don't have to deal with the fancy entertaining and i don't know i mean they're going to be intimate groups anyway but i'm stoked for that yeah um yeah yeah woo woo okay before we go too far we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping, a couple little announcements for everybody. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. So today we are really excited by all the survey results. Thank you. Thank you, everybody who filled them out. We really appreciate all of your feedback. Yeah. It's kind of cool to read through everyone's thoughts and ideas and figure out like how that lines up with stuff we've been thinking of or how, you know, how we can make things better for the community. Oh, and before we forget, so we'll be announcing the winners of the t-shirt giveaway. If you filled out the survey, you're eligible. So we'll be doing that today on Instagram stories. Yeah. I mean, you guys would think we're actually running like a proper show over here because this episode came is coming out on the date that we're able to announce the winners. Yeah, we're like future us telling you this right now. So this is <laughs> April 9th. <laughs> I hope future me is having a great day too. I think we should spill some tea on what what kind of bubbled up from the surveys just real quick. Yes, there was a mixed bag on everything because of course, but one thing that was overarching was shorter episodes. Most people like a 45 to 60 minute show length. Yeah, that was kind of the sweet spot. So this is something we are already incorporating. You may have noticed. So we're trying to stay under that 60 mark. We are not going to say that 100% of the time we'll do that. Because, you know, we get going. We get (laughs) going. 
Especially if guests. we're like really in the jam, it's hard to think about like, oh, this is 15 more minutes of conversation. We're not going to edit that out and throw that onto a whole by itself episode. It, if it's going to be something we break up into multiple parts, it's got to be two episodes that can really be companions to each other or sequels to one another where there's enough to still build on that idea which we have the same time in the works but yeah guest episodes tend to get a little bit chit chattier so just know chitty chatty bang bang we're working we're working on it (laughs) but you know what we're also the boss and we can do whatever we want yes we are hearing from some of you listeners who are definitely here for long form episodes and you're sitting in your offices and you're writing down notes. But what we know from the feedback is that a lot of you are in the car or in between parts of your day. And so we want to make sure that it's digestible, that you can take action from it. And so, yeah, if you take a look at episodes, even since the beginning of the year, we have pared back some of those to make it easier to, to consume. Check. Done. Another big category that's important to us was around community. And it's been our experience that our industry tends to feature straight white women. And that's part of the reason why we created this podcast was we didn't necessarily see ourselves reflected in that perspective. Yeah, this has been something from the very beginning that is important to us. We hope that that comes through because it's something we've been working on from the beginning, but... We are committed to having a diverse community of guests and professionals, so you can expect that to continue. And what I would ask for all of our hotties who are listening is go to our Instagram for Hot Young Designers Club and revisit the guest episodes there. We always tag and mention our guests there. And the best thing that you can do is go and support those designers and those professionals that are part of our Hot Young Designers Club, engage with our past guests on their feeds, follow them, support them, and cheer them on. That's the way that we can really elevate a real broad, diverse audience and diverse, you know, experience base of designers and professionals. Yes, please. Get on it. And the third thing that we're seeing a lot of was a lot of you were looking for more opportunities to connect with us. We are working on a few ways to do that. That has also been something super important to us from the beginning. And thanks, Corona, for slowing us down. Thank thank you, Corona. (laughs) The first thing we're doing is that we have opened up our coaching sessions and we really kind of engineered those to be one-off advising sessions. These are not long-term expensive commitments with like a coaching package or anything like that. Yeah. We don't fancy ourselves like long-term life coaches. Like there's professionals and experts in that. So this isn't meant to be some giant ongoing expense. We're not going to upsell you into more. It's really just like a great time to pick our brains and get some time with us. This is a balance for us, which I think we're all leaning into. And I'm sure that our hotties can understand where we're coming from is we are still trying to meet the demand for a service like that, but we're also still running our full-time businesses and we're just trying to navigate that. So I'm very appreciative of our hotties for being patient and reaching out and continuing to like send a little follow-up 
email when they like send us a question or something. So this is one way to really get dedicated time with us. Yeah, our goal is not to quit our design jobs or this is something that's always meant to be a side gig for us. So something that's fun and a way to connect with designers because we love to do that. Just so you know, that's where we're coming from and we would love to chat with you. Definitely. Okay, one more thing. Since we're talking about seeing people in person, we would love to hear from you if you all are going to be at Vegas Market next week. Don't be afraid to shoot us a DM on Instagram if you're there and you're trying to see what showrooms we're at or what we're liking. We have run into so many um, awesome people in the hallways or in a showroom. So don't be afraid to come up and say hello. Please, please, please. I've met like some of my favorite people by being a fangirl. So there's no shame in it. I mean, I'm probably going to be fangirling on other designers that I see. I so. know. And I'm and. I'm always weird and awkward in person, but please say hi anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll recognize us behind the masks and stuff that everybody's still going to have to wear. Oh, yeah. We didn't get our branded HYDC mask life. I'm, I don't together. know. I see those places and I'm not the biggest fan of that look. Like, Could it be cute if we did face. like our little monogram pattern, like Louis Vuitton? Like that would Maybe be- by like High Point Market in the fall. Maybe by then. Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> it seems so far away, but it's not. So then we'll still be wearing masks. So everybody stay tuned for more kind of aha moments to come from the survey results and you know what we're working on for that and some of it you might not hear us talk about you might just see it incorporated actively into the next episodes do a little fizzle sizzle action before today's episode oh yeah why don't you start okay i was doing some work in the garden and Uh i mean that seems to be an ongoing trend because we're all kind of trying to focus on doing some stuff outside False spring is here again in greater LA and I was spreading mulch in the yard. I I didn't realize how many bags of mulch it takes to cover so much stuff, but fuck, I'm getting old. The next morning, my back, my knees, my whole body was sore from lifting these big bags of mulch. And I'm not a butch guy. I'm not, I don't have muscles. (laughs) No, please. Girl. It's not the beard. It's all. just the beard. Yeah, it's just a show. It's just for show. So yeah, I'm not used to that type of physical labor. It was nice to be outside, but fizzle worthy was waking up the next morning and be like, oh, why is, why am I sore? I'm not about that life, that physical labor life. Yeah, it takes, it takes, it takes a lot of mulch to build a garden. so reminder to really stay hydrated stretch out before you start doing that stuff i guess because apparently i'm at that point now so sizzle side of things i got to do an la showroom Mm -hmm. design showroom day and it was it was really nice to visit stores like nikki kehoe and Harbinger in LA. I got to go by Claremont and look at their textiles. And it was, it was just really great. Jealous. It's been over a year since I've done showroom, you know, going in. There's something you can't replace by getting stuff sent to you. And even with vendors doing Zoom 
online shows and trying to share their new stuff with you, it it's not the same as being able to touch the fabric, see the finish on something, ask for active pricing and details from the showroom managers. Nothing compares, nothing. Yeah, it takes like so much longer to kind of wade through websites and kind of try to figure out how they're organizing collections versus that visual like scan and like something catching your eye or like, you know, I'm looking for something this scale and you can't always see. And you can ask them, oh, does that come in? Do you have this in this size? Or do you have, oh, that's a great fabric. Does it have a wallpaper? Stuff that strikes you that you wouldn't think to ask if you're just clicking through a website. It just doesn't translate. Yeah. I'll link to the the shops in the show notes because some of them you can order online, but they're amazing inspiration. Their Instagram feeds are beautiful too, but those those were a few of the places I visited that were just really inspiring to me. That sounds fun. I know. I I need to do some. I need to just get something on my calendar cuz we have to like leave to another city. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have to like go into San Francisco or... Yeah, in our little valley town. So, I mean, it's like an hour and a half drive. So it's got to be a... I mean, girl, you know, it took me two hours to get home from West Hollywood, the the West Hollywood showrooms back. But the day itself fueled me so I could justify it. I mean, so you just got to make a day of it. Yeah, you do the day, you get lunch, you do your thing. What's happening in your fizzle sizzle town? Okay, fizzle. It's just like, you know, I don't like to complain. I don't like to complain is how I start everything before I complain. But (laughs) um, please don't take offense to this, but I have something offensive to say. Exactly. (laughs) It just seems like the, the hits to inventory and product supply every time I think we've hit the plateau and we're gonna get better. It's just like, really? Like, so I don't know, a lot of you probably know, like there's now a huge issue with the foam industry. And so like I ordered a custom, semi-custom sofa for a client and we, I had already prepared them. This is going to be a 14 to 16 week situation. So just let's settle get it ordered. in, settle in, let's get it ordered by the summer. You'll be sitting on it, which doesn't feel that bad when you say that, but then the storms back East and in Texas and the freeze in Texas apparently froze all of the pipes. For like the chemicals that they use. The chemical, mm -hmm, which like ruined all of their equipment. And these are like giant, giant production facilities. So that's adding at least a month. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like it's miles and miles of frozen pipe and damaged stuff that they use just to make foam for us. Yeah, and I feel for these companies that are already, you know, struggling with customer service and explanations they're on you know, they have skeleton crews working and it sucks. So it's just this like trickle down of suck (laughs) and that it's no one's fault. Everyone's doing their best. And then clients are just, I feel like people so oblivious to what's no one's reading the news or no one's, it's our job. No one believes us until it happens to them. And I think there's going to be what I'm worried about is there's this momentum of back to normal and clients are going to be like okay we're back let's go and they're going to want that no such thing or if they just woke up to well maybe they just decided they're ready to begin this kind of project and and they assume it's all good to go because yeah 
quarantine's over. Right. Versus the people All the that were are open. Like, yeah. Versus the people that were, were were ordering during quarantine. Like you just expect something to be fucked. But once <laughs> everything's open, people are gonna be like, "What's the problem? What's here? the holdup?" Well, I I have been hearing some of that similar where people are just clients or potential clients are surprised, and it's almost that we're have to be the ones who explain this stuff again of you know like the world hasn't just been waiting for you to want to start your project stuff's been going down and it's called like really basic economics with supply and demand yeah supplies down demands high like guess what something's got to give there's literally nothing to buy that's annoying because it just feels like never ends but anyway speaking of things that never end are (laughs) me feeling overwhelmed and not making headway and progress in the productivity levels that I want to have. And my, I don't know, I've been doing a lot of just thinking and sitting with my sticking points in my own internal process. Where am I seeing bottlenecks? Whether it's time, energy, emotional things that I just find myself dragging my feet on. So I'm taking my own advice from our outsourcing episode. And I'd already been outsourcing a few things, but after a um, conversation with my therapist, I'm just making an appointment with a design assistant and just seeing what else can we do? Like, you tell me. <laughs> tell you me. tell me what else you can do. Here's my issues. Here's where I struggle. And it was really, really helpful because I didn't have to package up a solution like that's part of I think my um weakness is I want to be the one with the solution yeah I and feel that like sometimes. why haven't why can't I be the problem solver for everything and I just am used to being the problem solver so instead I just kind of laid it on her doorstep and she helped me see it and she's oh no this is great I can do this and this and this all you have to do is this and it was such a major relief I am just for example I get really belabored in the graphic design of my presentations because I, you know, used to be a graphic designer and it slows down my creative process because I'm graphic designing while I'm interior designing. Yeah. And partly because I'm limited, I don't have a huge library material, so I'm doing a lot digitally. So her and I came up with a solution where I'm just going to do really low-fi, high-level kind of pulls so I can pull quickly. Then we can collaborate. Then she can pull together the presentation. So that felt huge. <laughs> like that's just a lot to lay bare, first off, to like be in a vulnerable position to say that to someone else as a design professional, mm-hmm. but then to also be able to unload that mm-hmm. and kind of drop it at someone's doorstep. Yeah. And that's her job is to take the <laughs> package at the doorstep and filter through it and help get it back. It. So I spent the a few hours the other day, just kind of streamlining my process so I could hand stuff to her easily. So I started with a smaller project and gathered a bunch of things. Literally, before I even finished typing the email to her, she'd already gotten something back to me. She's just, that's why we just I was tagging her in a, I was tagging her in a sauna and it was just happening. So and she's like, oh, I got that. Oh, that's done. Okay. Like, yeah, it was great. Maybe we'll interview her at some point so others can learn what is possible, but I feel good in so many ways. And yeah, I feel like I'm going to be able to take on more and be more efficient and Again, live in my zone of genius. I love this journey for you. Which is not being a production graphic designer. That's so stupid. 
No, that's what you you left, and it's now just going to distract you from the other things you really need to be doing. Boom. Boom. Well, that was a good piece of advice that I think everyone needs to hear, and it kind of helps us talk about what other types of advice we might need to hear from today's episode. Today, we're talking about mentoring, and the purpose of this episode is for everyone in every stage of their career. We hope to have some thoughts. So this isn't just for beginners or baby designers. It's how to be a mentor, how to find a mentor. What does it look like? What does it mean? It's it's all those things. And I think you and I have both had our experiences with people seeking mentorship from us and also in various stages of our professional lives, either being a mentee or being a mentor for others. But I definitely feel that there's an uptick in it happening lately for us, which is sort of why this episode has been birthed into existence. Yes. And the more we started talking about it, I realized just mentorship comes in a lot of forms. And there's some aspects that I'm just doing a lot of, which I didn't really realize as a mentee and a mentor. Let's just get into it. What are the different types of mentoring situations. I feel like first we should say what mentors, what mentorship relationships aren't, that they don't, they don't take the place of work experience or education. There's no one person or mentor relationship that is going to ever be able to replace practical work experience and some form of formal or informal education in, you know, particularly with design. Your mentor is not going to teach you AutoCAD, for example. That that's would a, be that's a teacher. Really bad use of their time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So a mentor relationship should be enhancing your work experience and your education to add new perspectives and degrees of complexity or thought or problem solving, but they're not passive engagements. You have to work at them, right? Um, I guess we should talk informal versus formal. Like I think maybe we're providing some mentorship through this podcast and it's passive to the listener. I feel like I'm mentored by some podcasts that I listen to. True, but it's not like other mentor relationships are where you occasionally get together with someone. It's not very organized, but you have coffee and talk and catch up with each other. And they might have more experience than you in something. So they might be more like a mentor, but those are really more casual engagements. There's no ongoing commitment. They don't have to meet you every week for coffee or something. Right. I have a couple of relationships like that with former employees in my last industry. And I genuinely like them as people. And to me, I love seeing them grow. Right. And they do grow. So I think that's the thing that keeps for me. you going with it. Well, they're not just tell me all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they do something Whatever else or want. nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. Or it just doesn't seem helpful. It, I think it's fun to watch people develop and do do it their own way, obviously, but I don't know. You see there's there is like, some reward to that. Yes. So that's like the in kind of informal, it's not structured necessarily, but it's still Very happening. Informal. More structured would probably be internships because really internships are designed for the intern to get more out of it than the employer. That's by design the way that they're built and organized. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's also in a lot of states, they're labor code is written the intern actually has to get more out of it than the employer so yeah or like here you have if you're an intern for a credit 
in a school, you have to have actual work experience. You can't just be a lunch getter. Coffee, a coffee fetcher. Yeah. And, and there's also formal mentor. You can write somebody and ask them to be your mentor, but it's almost like a job application or description. And that person has to be in a place where they have time and energy to do that. You find it a lot more with retired business people, I feel like. I mean, coming from my past career in banking, we had forums that were set up for people to seek mentors and mentors could register with their different experiences. So there there was a lot of infrastructure involved in that. Most And internal, everyone's getting paid at work. Yeah, you're being paid to seek a mentor in, in the hopes that it will help with your career engagement and help with your professional skills and help you grow and you will stay within the industry because you have a strong network. In the design world, sometimes that network is built off of sort of peer-to-peer broad, you know, other designers or peer groups that we work with, that we know, and they're keeping us engaged and we're actively kind of learning from one another. And that's a give and take. We have a peer-to-peer mentorship with each other Mm -hmm. and it's not just me picking your brain and you getting nothing out of it. I'm interrupting your day constantly, peppering you with questions. And then uh, the next day I'm coming at you six Marco Polos in a row. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like a peer level. We have strengths in different areas, so it works really well. You also talked about relationships with me. You shared that in the past you had relationships with employees as the boss or as a manager in mentoring and sometimes there's a really stated exchange of what's going to happen if someone's going to work for you and be mentored yeah especially if let's say you're a business owner which i was and am and you can't offer you know a ton of salary especially to somebody without experience so what i've done in the past was in exchange for their time and some pay, I would also be willing to mentor them in between. So it includes an understanding that I'm not just going to say, Hey, design this and it's due at five. And then when I get the feedback, I don't say change this, move that it's here's what I'm thinking. And it really slows me down to make sure that I'm explaining my thought process and how I came to that solution. And even some after hours, maybe we would stay and chat about career stuff and goals. And I was willing to give more of that time in exchange for them working probably at a lower rate. Yeah. Especially the learned experience has a lot of non-monetary value. A salary doesn't necessarily equate evenly to these types of opportunities. And that can be hard for us to absorb if you're approaching someone and, and you're also thinking about the time you're giving up to be to be mentored away from your job or away from something yeah. that pays you. You also have to be willing to be unpaid for that time. Yeah. And I find those relationships seem to happen in my case with changes in industry or career mm-hmm. paths. Agree with that. And then the opposite, I have shared before that I had an internship when I was starting in interior design and that business owner had decades and decades of experience, but she didn't know anything about social media and marketing or design. <laughs> all of it. Or, every, I all mean, the graphic things. design. 
Yeah, she was very more analog based. So in exchange for, you know, getting experience, getting access to their trade accounts, I did some social media stuff, some coaching in that way, did a little bit of graphic design, updated their newsletters. So it became an exchange that felt fair. There's something, it, it's tough in mentor relationships because in that example, they got something out of it too. But as a mentor, you almost have to go into it with that willingness to want to invest and guide others without expecting anything. Yeah, I mean, there might not be something you get out of it. Yes, exactly. I think the true definition of mentorship is an act of volunteerism and giving Mm -hmm. back to the next generation. Right. So you do have to, if you are, if you're a hottie and you're listening and you feel like you trust wherever you are in your phase, someone has less knowledge and experience than you. There's a potential for you to be in a mentorship position where you really have to ask yourself, like, do I have the time and the energy to donate and set aside for this? Because not everybody will. Like I don't right now. And, but I do really, I love helping people and I want to. So one thing that I was exploring before COVID was I was, I found myself doing a lot of coffee dates with people that were messaging me on Instagram. Hey, I would love to take you to coffee and pick your brain about business or being an interior designer or changing careers or whatever it was. And I was doing it a lot, but it was starting to become too much. And I was starting to find myself becoming a little bit resentful of the time or not having it. So one thing I was playing with was having acuity and having a slot on my calendar once a month that it was basically, hey, I'm having pick my brain sessions. If you want it, go book it and yeah. I'll meet you for coffee. So that was a solution that I was giving people an opportunity to chat with me without it being overwhelming. I'm really glad you talked about that feeling of resentment because that's not just you. I've had experiences with people who want mentorship relationships with me and have reached out and then... I've been resentful when it's like, great, I set aside the time to meet with you and to talk with you. Then you're not on time. You're repeating the same stuff after multiple sessions. Where are we going with this? And girl, write it down. Yeah, there definitely is some of that where, I mean, I didn't have all of the answers, but I was providing resources and I was providing direction. And you, you have to feel like, the other side of that is also investing their time and energy and that they value it. So it's definitely a respect thing. If I had a coffee date and somebody just no showed me, I'd be blacklisted the rest of their lives. And maybe somebody else would have wanted to do that and actually taken it seriously. So yeah. Right. Take it seriously. Take people's time seriously because maybe you're not that busy and don't know what it's like, but yeah, I mean, that's They're time giving up. Away. Yeah, it, it is like when you have like a, a salon appointment and they charge you like a no-show or a late fee because you don't show up. It's yeah, they've put off other things to make space for you. And especially when it's unpaid, most mentorship relationships are unpaid time for both parties. You're going to build that relationship of resentfulness and hurt. And now you've damaged the trust. Like they Good luck getting that mentor to be vulnerable with you and talk about strengths and weaknesses and be honest if they feel like you don't value them and respect them anymore. It's like having that 
girlfriend with a bad boyfriend that every time you <laughs> she comes to you for advice she's asking for advice and then it's just the same thing the next time okay let's just let's just not like <laughs> don't bring too- that don't bring that to me anymore get that trash yeah. out of here like stop <laughs> complaining or make a change this just i don't want to hear about it i've i found that my most sex- successful relationships with mentors came from them not just sharing what not to do talking about the boyfriend advice it's not what not to do but also the here's the how advice and here's the why advice and here's my process and there's something about getting that broader perspective of comparing notes with someone else talking to your friend who has a healthy relationship with a boyfriend and then comparing yours it's kind of like that in a mentor relationship of comparing your business approach or your experience and being able to go, oh, that's what it would look, sound, act, feel like if it was being done in a better place. And what can I take and incorporate from that into my own new healthy perspective? Because probably a lot of it is limit setting and having boundaries and valuing yourself. Totally. Bad boyfriends and bad clients or business decisions are really related. I mean, they're pretty close to each other. How would, how would you start out finding a mentor? Okay. So I think you need to decide what kind of mentor relationship you're looking for. Do you want somebody to hold you accountable, meet with you once a month, whatever, give you action items, and then you come back with a report of accomplishments? Or a new list of challenges and follow-ups to those or. Yeah. I don't know how you find that person. <laughs> well, so that's the first step probably is what. It might be a coach. That might be a coach. It would be easy to find. There's a lot of paid coaches in our industry that have those kind of ongoing relationships with um, other It's almost designers. like having a personal trainer where it's, mm-hmm. nope, you got to do 10 more sit-ups. Sorry. Suck it up, buttercup. And- so if you think you need accountability and ongoing guidance, I think probably look into a coach. Right. Because a mentor's job isn't to be this authoritarian figure necessarily. In most cases, they're usually going to be helpful guidance, respectful questioning. There's all sorts of different perspectives to take on that. But yes. Hey, hotties. Have you ever listened to the show and wished you could ask us questions? Well, we just opened up private coaching sessions. Now you can book one or two hour Zoom sessions with Rebecca and me. Together, we bring over 40 years of experience in our combined professional backgrounds to help you with marketing, finance, and business strategy. We're here to guide you on anything from branding to systems to the emotional guidance that you need to run your business. Book today at hotyoungdesignersclub.com slash coaching or use the book now button on our Instagram. We can't wait to meet you. But informal... I think that is definitely going back to a lot of what we've talked about in past episodes is just really grow your network and just start having real relationships with people. And sometimes things will develop and maybe it's peer to peer and maybe it's like you and I, where we just have different strengths. I was saying to where we can be that teeter totter to help each other. It's more of a natural progression instead of something where we didn't set out with the intent. When I first started talking to you on Instagram, the intent wasn't, 
Oh, you mean that letter of agreement you sent me wasn't real? (laughs) (laughs) Sean Sean made me sign a contract to be his friend. Just kidding. It's like a non-disclosure agreement and lots of lawyers. And no, it's just, no, no. I don't know. I feel like there's, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that I feel feels like natural. It, it should be natural. I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I feel like people I admire in the design industry, like Nate Berkus, are my mentors, even though sure. I don't know Nate Berkus. I don't talk to him, but there's so much that he puts out there that I feel like I'm I'm learning a lot from other successful designers by reading their interviews, by listening to their podcast episodes that they do with, you know, other platforms, by by following their projects. And I mean, because of social media and books and all of that, we can really glean a lot of knowledge and information and that we would normally get in a regular kind of formal mentor relationship. Yeah. Just the fact that we have so much access to information, it's really just honing in on the people or accounts that make sense to you and just, yeah, learn everything you can from them. Like go back and, I mean, podcast hosts, for instance, there's just (laughs) a lot of free content out there. Go back and, you know, soak it all up. Right. I think the mentorship connection is really important. So finding a good mentor is, is like finding the perfect match on a client or a project. It's, Mm -hmm. is this someone I want to learn from that I admire, respect, want to spend time with, feel like I could get a coffee, feel like I could level with personally. You don't want to force the wrong person into that role just because they have really great advice and knowledge. They also need to be able to connect with you as the mentee to get something out of it and to feel like they, they should have some personal sense of fulfillment they get from it, which is hard if you feel like you don't like the person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it keeping it real, like mutually enjoyable. So like what I was saying earlier, like that sense of pride is natural and you're as the mentor, you're excited to see the little birdie fly. Be free as be free. as free as the wind blows. I just feel like there's a little bit of cautionary tales in there because we both we both get inquiries from people who want to be mentored and who th- they think the hardest step is sending this five paragraph email or in my case, a really long DM on Instagram. And I, I love hearing from people. So I don't want to discourage anyone from doing it because for all of the sort of unsuccessful connections, there are also successful and true engaging connections that I'm making with people. But it's tough when you think about it from a mentor's perspective, because to be a really good mentee, you have to remember that you're the one who needs help. (laughs) So you're not selling me something I need necessarily. I'm not putting that on my resume that- That I mentored, you know, how many designers or something that that's not going to help me necessarily unless you're trying to be a coach right so it's a very humbling experience to be a good mentee because you have to put yourself in that perspective of I'm not the prize right here the mentor is the prize I'm the one who needs their help and advice so I'm going to have to work around them if they say that Fridays at two is the only time they can ever meet with me I have to ask myself if I can meet that commitment or 
just don't do it. Don't try to negotiate. Don't try to push them into an arrangement that they don't want to do. Oh no, I get my nails done on Fridays at two. Yeah. If you okay. want their help, it's, they say jump, you say how high. That's unfortunate, but true. And you got to buy the coffee too, right? Just yeah, offer respectful some. things. Yeah. Not yeah, that they're fine. doing it for coffee, but. But, you know, try to do something, try to be thoughtful. I don't know. It's, if you're not lined up with what you want and you don't really know where you're going with it, it's going to be hard to be good at that relationship. Yeah, I would suggest if you're really trying to make this happen that you would set up kind of your own program that here's what I'm looking for. Here's kind of what I'm thinking. Almost pro like a proposal of this is how often I think we should, would be helpful to meet if you can do it. And then what you're willing to hold yourself accountable for. Yeah. As the mentee. Right. List out your goals, mm -hmm. what, what you want to accomplish or what your objectives are. Mm -hmm. Maybe even I get some tough questions. I think you get them too, where it's, it's general ideas. What's it like getting started? And you're like, okay, I don't have four days to sit down and talk to you about that. So maybe have some exact questions that you have in mind for a mentor of, I am exactly trying to answer this, this, and this Yeah. through our relationship. I'm considering going to design school. Here are a few that I'm looking at, which do you have experience with or? Or yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, being really specific because sometimes I feel like there's questions that come out where someone thinks they're seeking a mentor relationship, but really they're just seeking like a pulse check or a, a quick thought, but they want the support of a mentor because they have a lot of questions. And sometimes I feel like the best path for some of these scenarios is to seek schooling or to seek education or a workshop, or it, it's probably hard to put all that pressure on one person. I think this happens a lot, like I said, with career changing and you're exploring new options. In my case, there's a lot of things that I feel like I could be interested in. I could have interviewed floral designers and photographers and interior, like every creative possible. So what are you doing to really narrow down your understanding of the entire breadth of the field? And I Before think, you narrow in on a mentor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I can't yeah, I help you that. like the whole, what is the, what are those books with what colors my parachute or whatever? I'm not here for that. Right. Most mentors can't be your spirit guide. They can't do all of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're there for part of that journey only. So if you as a mentee come in and you have, how will I know if I'm being successful? How am I going to monitor my progress? And then bringing that back to the mentor, because if you're a mentor, you want to see that it's paying off. So you want to know from the person you're working with, how is this working or is it not working? I tried that, that's not helping. Or I think what I'm missing is X, Y, Z. It's, it's a really big give and take vulnerable type of process. Yeah, you have to be honest about where your struggles are, why things aren't, are or aren't happening in, in a certain way. I think you can design it however you want and just get somebody willing to be that role. My own personal experience with being in mentor relationships or even being mentored by others has been that most of the time, 
it comes from having developed a natural, authentic relationship with the other person at the outset without the intent for there to be a mentoring relationship between us. It's a really firm foundation of friendship or if you've worked together before or, or you have a connection through someone else, it's very hard to force that. But when you have that foundation, it makes it so much easier to be very honest, um, very open with those parties because you've already developed a certain level of trust and belief and credibility between one another. Definitely, especially peer to peer. I think that was like you and I didn't just start DMing and then sharing contracts with each other. Or looking at our books or talking about revenue. It takes definitely a minute and it's knowing each other personally but yeah it's all of the things like trust I think we've got a really solid foundation for it to start from but I think all of this is to say we don't want to scare anybody off from having these types of relationships but we do want you to know what's involved because I feel like it gets thrown around having a mentor gets thrown around almost like a buzzword there's so much into it that on the surface people will say get a mentor. And there's so much more involved than just that idea. Yeah. You're not just flagging one down like a taxi cab. Like, yeah. (laughs) Pop in. Oh, great. You're my new friend and a mentor. (laughs) I think the big thing is have a little bit of humble pie before it happens. It's going to be, it's going to be work. It's going to be scary. It's probably going to feel intimidating, which I think there's something about social media and The way we engage with people makes it easier to connect with someone at the outset. But then when you actually have to start doing the work, it's harder. Yes, because I think you need to know too what their style is. You and I might not need the same mentor. Right. And I'm going to be a little bit more touchy-feely and emotionally centered. You do that. I'll be Mr. Spock over here. Yeah, and you're going to be more (laughs) processes and I'm definitely more of like a logic... Yeah, this doesn't make sense. I'm the, tell me why you're trying to do that. Tell me what you want to accomplish. Tell me what your goal is with that. And I really want to try to help people self-discover things because I feel like they learn better if they got to the aha moment on their own with me just kind of prodding it a little bit. Is that the path? Is that the path? Is is that the path? And I feel like that's how we learn as adults is, oh, that could have bad consequences. Oh, that could be cool. And you just, you kind of just need some loose bumpers around you. And hopefully a mentor can give you some of those. And just the best path for you to reach your goals. There's a lot of ways you need to know yourself pretty well and know what you're looking for when it comes to that. Know what their Enneagram is. (laughs) I mean, it it helps a lot. We used to use, we've talked about strength, strength finders. finders. Strength finders was a big one at the, at the bank. And I I like it because it really does give you an idea of how, what other styles you complement with, which is usually helpful with a mentor, but there's other styles that they tell you, you don't work well with, which would be like, oh, I shouldn't have that mentor as great as they could be if they're not really focused on achieving goals as their thing, and that's what I'm seeking help with, this is not the right person. They're going to say, why are you driven by following these goals? Why is that your measure of success? It's just about finding that person who identifies with you. 
Yes. So it's possible. But of course it's possible. And we I are always happy to answer questions, especially specific ones. <laughs> yeah. If if you've got very specific questions, we might make an episode out of it. Uh, because <laughs> we can answer those. But when people are like, what's it like being a designer? Okay, we're not junior high students here. Let's get to some real meat and potatoes now. Yeah. What was it like being an interior designer this morning is not the same answer as what it's going to be like later this afternoon. I mean, it's I know, just different. True, truer words were never spoken. So, Which is also what makes it fun. So if you're out there thinking, oh, I'm going to reach out to someone. I hope that this is helpful for you, but also if you're an experienced designer who's been feeling like you want to be giving back, but you know it's not by means of hiring an employee, seeking out and developing a relationship with someone that you can help grow and develop could be a really great opportunity for you to give back to the design community. Yeah, I love that. I love that journey for all of you. For all of us. (laughs) Until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. This week... Oh, my God, the fucking mufflers. This week, my that, neighbors that need things to are get so loud. mufflers. They take them out or something. It's so annoying. I lost you. Y'all right there? Nothing? I don't just know. Just me? Okay. I just had a, like, brain blip. Like loading, um, like dots on your face. Yeah. <laughs> my, my brain's Wi-Fi was down for a second. <laughs>